Hi, guys. Welcome back to Chance at the Podcast. Uh, this week, we have our friend from college that we've known for years and years and years um, on the show this week. Uh, we thought she would be such a great fit on the show because she has such an interesting job. Um, her name is Kennedy Walker. Hey, Kennedy. Hi. Thank you guys for having me. We're so glad that you could be a guest on our podcast. Um, so you know our podcast is centered around life in your 20s and just the whole transition from being like a young adult to a adult. We feel like you have one of the coolest jobs out of everyone we know. Like, you know, you have one of those jobs where, you know, when you're younger, like in kindergarten, people be like, oh my God, like, what's your dream job? Be like, I want to be on the news. Like, I want to be a host. I want to be on TV. Like, so... Um, yeah, so we thought we'd just be such a perfect fit um, for the podcast. So tell us a little bit about yourself. and just, Okay, yeah. so, so my name is Kennedy Walker. I am 23 years old, like Niall and Brit- Brittany. I think you're 23 too, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, 23 years old. Um, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. And like how Niall said, uh, me, Niall, Brittany, we all went to LSU together and we became friends. And I'm so grateful that they're in uh, my life. Um, I am a news reporter in Baton Rouge and yeah, it's pretty cool because I first wanted to be a news reporter when I saw Oprah Winfrey for the first time and I was homesick from school and I was with my dad and I saw this beautiful black woman standing up with this microphone in front of like this whole, I mean, y'all remember the Oprah set from back in the day, right? Standing in front of this whole audience of people. And I was like, wait we as black people can do that. Like we, we can be the center of attention standing in front of this whole crowd and interviewing these people. And, you know, at that time, of course I saw, you know, African-Americans on the news because my parents watched it all the time, but I had never just seen this beautiful woman. And, you know, Oprah was known for her pantsuits, right? So this beautiful woman in this pantsuit and she's like talking and she's so vibrant and lively. And I was like, oh my goodness. I want to do that. And I remember my fourth grade essay, we had to write what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I wrote Oprah Winfrey and here I am all these years later. <laughs> and, and I am truly like, I'm not living Oprah's life. I would love to one day, but I am, you know, walking in her footsteps. And I really don't think like, even my parents, no one really took me seriously because why not? We all say we want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a supermodel, this or that. But I remember when I was going to college and my dad was like, you know, still talking about the whole news reporter thing. And he was like, what? And he was like, okay, well, what is your plan B? Like, you know, do you want to be, my mom is a a principal. So he was like, do you want to be a teacher or a principal like your mom? Do you want to work for the government like me? And I looked at him and I have never been more stern with my parents ever in my life than in that moment. And I was like, I don't have a plan B. And he was like, oh, well, like, okay, well, you do this and we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'll help you in any way that I can. So, um, Right now, I'm still on that path, and I have fun every single day. So I'm really grateful that I was able to keep that up, that nine-year-old dream, that eight-year-old dream. And now I'm 23. (laughs) Yeah, you've always been super determined. So, like, I knew from the first time that I met you that you were going to, like, definitely – like, you're just a determined person. So I didn't – I had no doubts that you were going to end up being, like, a news reporter and, like, be good at it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think – for me, like a realization, I think in our friendship, it's like, you know, people always talk about what they want to do, da, 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 like talking to people, right? But I remember when we were both, both inter- interning, oh my God, when we were both interning in New York and you were, um, 
interning with Robin Roberts at Good Morning America. That's when, like, for me personally, that's when it clicked. I was like, okay, this girl is a go-getter and she's going to get the shit done. And, like, that's when the first I was like, yeah, like, she's going to be fine. Because I feel like that is, like, missing in a lot of people's lives is, like, they talk about what their passions are and what their dreams are, but they don't really, like, ever show actionable, like, items to get there, you know? So that was, like, the key thing. And I remember in our friend show where I was like, yeah, she's going to do good. Yes, and I know y'all shouted me out one time because you know, I know I listened to y'all's podcast about how we were all in uh, New York at the same time. Niall was my roommate, and Brittany was living in New Jersey, but she was she was over frequently. And I remember towards the intern towards the end of my internship. Remember Niall, I had to do some type of like interview with Robin or something like that. Yeah, and, and then it you, viral. I annoyed. Niall so much because the night before I was like having this panic attack. I had note cards and I was practicing. Like, oh my God. I remember hours and hours. And now turned around. She was like, are you going to be doing this all night long? And I was like, I, I have to get it right. I just have to do it. And then now she was helpful. She was like, you know, well, I don't think you should say it like this. And I think you should do it like this. I think she realized at one point, like, okay, it's now hour three. And this is not about yeah. to stop, so I might as well just help. <laughs> also, one thing I remember from that summer was you were like so um like your outfits. Do you remember that? Like how serious you took like your dresses and stuff yes. like that. And that's the first time that I realized like people in the broadcast world, like they really take like the whole like dress thing like really, it's, really seriously. Yeah. It's everything, the whole appearance. Yeah. So, yeah, so can you tell us like okay? For a lot of people, they're going to say, like, okay, how did you even get to where you are? Because, like, you know, interning with Robin Roberts is a huge thing. And then, like, being on TV is a huge thing. Because a lot of people, I think, want to do journalism or, you know, they want to have a certain career, but the steps to get there aren't necessarily clear or they just don't seem to have, like, the luck. So can you tell us kind of, like, what the hard work you did in college to get to where you are? Um, like, can you walk us through that a little bit? Definitely. I mean, it, it's it's for sure been a lot of hard work, and I am nowhere near where I want to be. So I can't wait to listen to this a few years down the road and be like, oh, I was here. But, um, yeah, and, and I think the first thing people say when you're in school is, hey, like, you know, like, what's your major? What do you want to do? And as soon as you tell the news reporter, they're like, uh, okay. You know, like, everyone's kind of like, what? Like, what is this girl even talking about? But, you know, we were definitely blessed to go to a university that – is, I don't know, no, well, of course, we're all in the Manship School. What, what am I talking about? But the Manship School is one of the top journalism schools in the country, right? And we were really blessed to be a part of that program. And there were, um, what are those things called? Like activities, like, you know, I was the news director at the radio station. I was the um, assistant news director of the TV program. I use things like that is what I would, you know, tell anyone who wants to do this to join your college's programs, because that's how you're really going to get your foot in the door anyway. You can't just wake up and say, oh, I want an internship. You have to, you know, learn how to do things first. And if your TV program isn't, you know, helping you as much, there's a bunch of local stations in anyone's city that I'm sure if you tell them, hey, you know, I'm a freshman, I'm a sophomore, I'm this, um, you know, I would love to, because at first, you know, I started off doing the teleprompter at Channel 2 out here in Baton Rouge, you know, just anything 
for people to know my name, to get my foot in the door. Like, I don't care if I have to do the teleprompter. I don't care if I have to help hold the cameras. I am just, I'm, I'm just trying to figure it out. So I think my, um, the hardest challenge for me was that like a lot of times they don't allow freshmen to do internships. And for someone as like how Niall said, determined as me, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I can't, I, I've known that I've wanted to do this at, you know, when you're 18. So since I was nine years old, so what do you mean? Please just let me in. And, and I understand, but you know, my first, I want to say internship, I was like, 20. You know, they just have to wait until you're a little bit older. But I would definitely recommend anyone who wants to do it to get active in their university or their college. Um, look for intern, look for local internships first. And those local internships are going to help you pivot if you are interested on the, you know, national level. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Because wait, so talk about your accomplishment at um, Tiger TV. So, uh, yeah, when I was in college, not just Tiger TV, because I think a lot of people when they hear Tiger TV, like they think that, you know, that was the, the main thing, but not really. But, you know, when I was at Tiger TV, I had, you know, an absolute blast. I worked my way up from being a reporter to the assistant news director. Um, we even all took a trip to New York. You know, I was able to after I had that internship in New York, I was able to get everyone tickets to Good Morning America and get everyone tickets to The View. So I was, I'm a very like, you know, help and give back type of person. You know, I realized my privilege and how amazing it was that I was able to have that amazing opportunity. So I'm going to go back to my university back in Louisiana, where a lot of people, you know, the South, they don't really consider us as anything. So I'm going to go back to the South and tell everyone about it and help everyone. Like if I can do it, I know that we can all you know, sit at the table and, and do it as well. So that was something that was really important to me when I was living in New York with like, you know, I wanted everyone to experience that happiness if they wanted to. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it, changed, it really changed my life. I mean, like how you said now, Brittany, y'all know, like it was, it was kind of like, a real like, wow, I can really do this type of thing. You know, like how you said, now talk is cheap. And for the first time in my life, I really just felt like I accomplished something. And over 11,000 people, kids, you know, college kids applied to this. And there was only, I want to say 10 interns. Yeah. And it was, and I was the only one from Louisiana, really the only one from the South. And it was like, whoa. And, and, just being from the South and going to New York, that fast paced environment. I mean, you know, Brittany, you're from New Orleans about how we're kind of, I don't want to say lackadaisical, but we are. And then you go up there and we're like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this building, everybody's moving. And you know, from the South, you're like, oh, hey y'all, what's going on? No, it's like, they're just pushing. And I loved it. I think an important part of your story is that like people, especially in college, and I think a lot of times in life, people like get too ahead of themselves. Like mm-hmm. you didn't just wake up, you know, one day and was like at Good Morning America. Like you had several other internships that led you to get to that place. You know what I'm saying? So talk Absolutely. about like kind of that journey from. Absolutely. You know. So what, what I did, you know, when I got, I'm a, I was a transfer student 
at LSU. I went to uh, school in Alabama first, absolutely hated it and wanted to be close to home. And I went to LSU and the first thing, and I think being a transfer student really put that fire underneath my butt because I went a whole year just being so unhappy. And I was like, I am not about to do this again. I looked, did all my research on Tiger TV. I did all my research on the newspaper, the, the radio program. I ended up joining the PR club with you and with both of y'all. Wow. I've really known y'all for a while. And I was just like, I need to to do something. I don't care what it is. I need to put my name out there. And I think being a part, being so involved in my university really helped me. You know, I worked at Channel 2, WBRZ in Baton Rouge. After that, I got my internship in New Orleans, WWL, which was so, so amazing for me. I think I was more nervous to do WWL in New Orleans than Good Morning America, just because, you know, like my mom watched it every single day. You know, that was really yeah. like, a wild type of moment to where these local stars, like how I said, so Robin Roberts, her sister, uh, Sally Ann Roberts is the anchor in new Orleans. And I tell, I told Robin this all the time. I said, I was way more nervous to meet Sally than I was to be Robin and Robin's on national television with Sally. I was shaking. I was sweating. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like my mom idolizes you, you know? So that, that was a really big thing. And after new Orleans, I went back to school was over, you know, the first African-American to be over the news department Mm -hmm. at the radio station and really just worked hard every single day, every single day. And I applied to Good Morning America on a whim. Like, I don't want people to think like, oh, you know, her situation was different because blah, blah, blah. Sally did not know that I applied. I also want to put that out. It wasn't (laughs) like, oh, you know, her sister. No, 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 no. My parents didn't even know, which I regret now because, you know, at the end when I needed money they were like wait a second whoa like you know what do you mean you move in a couple of weeks <laughs> no but um i applied on a whim because you know i was completely okay with just being back at wwl i really had so much fun um and i was talking to my dad one day and he was like all right kennedy he's like it's time to get the big fish you know we, we had fun Let, let's get the big fish let's just try it And I think he just thought that he was talking to me and it went in one ear and went out the other. But I really took that and ran with it. And I applied to CNN, CBS, um, NBC, Nationally, Good Morning America. And Good Morning America was just the first people that I heard back from first. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this must be a sign. And the interview process was like longer than my I have a real job now. And it was more intense then for an internship than now. I think I went through like four rounds of interviews. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I found out Sally Ann was retiring from New Orleans, which was so emotional for me because I was like, oh my goodness, my idol <laughs> is retiring. So her retire, it was crazy, y'all, just the way that God works. Like God is so real. So Sally Ann retired in February. By that time, I was already done three out of four of my interviews, right? Still didn't know I was going to get it, but still praying every day. Her co-anchor called me and was like, hey, Kennedy, you know, we really enjoyed you last summer. I don't know if you heard Sally Ann is retiring. Her sister Robin may be here. I can't confirm. And I think you should come. And I was like, oh my gosh, can I tell anyone? He's like, don't tell anyone. You know, it's a super, you know, we're not trying to have it like that. Just you come by yourself and, and maybe we can do an introduction. And when I tell you I had Robin's book and I spent the whole night highlighting, circling this one, this one, this one. (laughs) If I meet this lady, this is my only chance, right? Mm -hmm. If I meet her, I need to be 
on my A game. I need to know exactly what it is. And praise the Lord, this lady was there, right? So I'm all nervous. I'm sweating. I'm like, okay, it's going to be fine. I still have yet to tell anyone I applied to Good Morning America. That was <laughs> Kennedy. I want you to meet my sister. And I was like, this is my moment. This is it. This is my chance. And I say, hi, my name is Kennedy. You know, she's so busy. She's just waving at everyone. And she's like, hi, hi, hi. And I was like, I just want to let you know. And I stopped her and I, and I held her shoulder. I was like, I just want to let you know. I read your book. And in your book, you said that young people, you know, they ask you for opportunities, but they never follow up with you because they're too nervous. And I would never do that. And she stopped and she looked at me and she was like, okay, like, you know, (laughs) what is going on? And she was like, okay. Well, she was like, well, I would like you to prove it. And I was like, what? And she was like, here's my contact information. Email me. And, you know, and I also told her, oh, yeah, I applied to Good Morning America, yada, yada, yada. She was like, really? She was like, well, you just said that you wanted to prove it to me. so, So here it is. Here's my information. I would love to hear from you. Right. So at this point, I'm like, oh, my goodness, is this a test? Is this a sign? When I tell y'all, I was walking to the parking lot and I had already emailed this lady. And she responded. She responded that next day and was like, wow, Kennedy, I did not think that you were going to do this. And you did. And, and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, wow. And then a couple of weeks later, not like I got the official call saying, oh, yeah, by the way, you got the internship. I don't know if it had anything to do with her because like how I told right. y'all I- already did all three of the things (laughs) anyway but she was like and she tells that story like when I got there and she was you know how she introduces everyone and she she introduced me to her glam team and she was like y'all this is Kennedy a funny story Kennedy told me blah 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 and it's like it it still sticks with her and resonated with her that okay this girl is really taking this seriously yeah it's like the main I guess little point of that story is you were dedicated you did your research you did the Mm follow-up you know what I'm saying like you weren't slacking on any. You had an word. elevator pitch too, which I love. I feel like a lot of people forget that, like the importance of an, an elevator pitch. Like even if you already have a job, like even now we all have careers, like having an elevator pitch just in case you end up in a room with like important people, I feel like is so necessary. Like yeah. who you are, what you have to offer, why you should be a connection, whatever, whatever. I think it's so in that. That whole day, y'all, like, uh, I spent crying. Like, when I told, I'm not even being dramatic, I was crying. You know when you just know God is about to do something in your life and you can't explain it? And I remember I was with my boyfriend at the time when I came back to LSU, and he was like, what is wrong with you? And I, could, I couldn't put it into words. I was like, I just know that something in my life is about to change. And a few, because I was February, and I didn't know until, like, I think around my birthday or something, April, that I got the the thing. And I was just like, I just know something's about to happen. I don't know what's about to happen, but I just know. Yeah. <laughs> That's really I awesome. feel like you really manifested everything for yourself. Yeah. Yes. And like now, since I'm a news reporter um, in Baton Rouge, like that last year, especially I was struggling. I remember being on the bus with Niall and I was just like, now I really don't even know if I'm about to graduate. Like I, I need to oh graduate. Oh my God. Yes. Do you remember so that? Dramatic. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's been about Kenny, y'all. She is a tid dramatic. Like she, she comes with the dramatics. Like I used to think I was dramatic, but like, she's really dramatic. So like a lot of times, like, you know, you would just be like freaking out about everything. Like, you know, um, freaking out if you were going to get a job. I'm like, Kenny, you're going to get a job. Freaking out if you're going to graduate. I'm like, you're going to graduate. Like, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that's just like a characteristic of like you. But I think also like 
the um working in like TV and that sort of industry, how do you deal with a bunch of like the vanity of it and comparing yourself to others? It's definitely been a struggle for me because as y'all know, um, I look uh, very young, right? Like it's just, it, it is what it is at this point. Nothing I can do about it. But um, when I tell you YouTube, makeup YouTube videos have become my best friend, you know, like uh, doing that, learning how to curl my hair. Like I, I just, just trying, cause at this point I can't really control those things. So I let my work speak for itself. If, if that makes sense, because I know that I'm not going to look as old as this person or this person or this person. I'm like, well, I'm the way I'm going to get noticed is just by the way that I speak and my stories. So when like, and everything else, like how you said, I was very serious about my outfits when I was an intern. So you already know I'm way more serious now that I'm actually in front of a camera every single day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I I mean, it's just like, even if someone like, it's just having to get made up every single day. Like I, like I don't do that. So (laughs) I just feel like that has to be exhausting. You know what I'm saying? But that's very exhausting, especially because makeup is so expensive as well. So I try not to do it every day. You know, I would hate to give anyone bad advice, but because makeup is so expensive, I really don't do it every day unless I know for sure I'm going to be on camera. Now there's different scenarios, you know, when there's breaking news and things like that. I've also become very good with doing makeup in the car, like full face, eyelashes, everything (laughs) in the car. So you just have to learn how to do that. You know, breaking news can happen at any point, you know, and and multitasking, right? Multitasking as well. I'm writing my script while gluing down my eyelashes and talking to my producer in in my set and doing this while putting lip gloss on and doing the whole thing. Like you really just become the jack of all trades when you've been doing it every single day. So that's why I, that's why I can't wait to see where I'm going to be in a few years. If I, cause I have grown so much, I've been at this job for almost two years now and I have grown so much during this time. And I'm yeah. very grateful and very blessed for everything uh, that I've learned. So yeah, for sure. can you tell us about how you have worked through this past year? Because I feel like, being that it is so early in your career, but there has been so many breaking news stories this year. Like how have you literally covered hurricanes, um, like protests, the election, like literally everything. The pandemic. pandemic. Honestly, y'all, I can't even tell you. When I tell you the, the time has blended together, like something that I thought that I did two months ago really happened last week. Like the fact that the election was only two days, like what, no, two weeks ago. I can't believe that, that we just had all these hurricanes. I can't, so I don't know if it's bad or good that this time is blending together, but I really don't know. I think the hardest thing for me has had to be the pandemic mm-hmm. for sure. Just, just because, you know, it was no one knows how to handle it still to this day. Like it's just been so challenging. I remember just feeling so exhausted every day and just crying because I'm just like, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to? And then, you know, you're scared for yourself. So you're going on TV trying to tell everybody what, what's a, what's happening. And then you also have to go interview people. You don't know if they have the COVID or anything like that. So I think that has been, the hardest part for me. And then being in Louisiana, Lord, we've had all these hurricanes in the middle of the pandemic. Um, all, all this going on. And like how you said, the protests, the this. And I want to say what COVID started in Louisiana around March. And then 
the protest for June. Yeah, it was like June. The George Floyd protests were in June. And it's just been very mentally draining. Also, as a black woman, you know, we have, of course, you know, all all of us have brothers, right? We all have dads. And we we've heard the stories growing up. Like we just have, we, we know how to deal with the police officers and things like that. But then when you're covering it as a professional and, you know, trying to keep your emotions aside, it's been very hard to balance that between, you know, but at the end of the day, I am a black woman, you know, I seeing this is wrong, but then also I can't give my opinion. And how do you, how do you balance that? So that that's, you know, just finding myself and Mm-hmm. has been challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I have to imagine that this year for you will be such a good like career year for you too, you know? Even though with so much craziness going on in the world, I have to imagine that having this much footage of you doing such like groundbreaking work will have to benefit your career in the end, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot, I, I feel like a lot of news reporters, they wait for like that big moment that, you know, to shine, you know what I'm saying? You've had so many big moments this, just this year so I feel like that will definitely like help your career you know in the future so like where do you see yourself in the future like what do you envision yourself you know in the next couple of years um in in the next few years you know I also just want to say I've met so many amazing people along the way and I just want to say I think the best part about it is that I'm I'm meeting real people I'm interviewing real people and and sharing their stories. And I think that's the best part of being a journalist is it's not really about me. It's the fact that I get to go out and help these people and share their stories. So it's always, you know, like it was hard for me to, uh, to do these protests, but interviewing these young people that put these protests together and why are they so passionate and why are they this and why are they this and sharing their stories for a lot of people that felt like they were just unheard, right? Like they, 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 this whole time, you know, they feel this this type of way and no one's listening to them. So being able to give them that platform, I think has been the most rewarding part about me, you know, like, because I understand what you're saying about, oh, yeah, you know, have these great moments for my reel and things like that. But but at the end of the day, none of that really matters because just I think the, the most important part is giving these people, giving the voiceless a voice, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that's what I love so much about Oprah is that she was able to speak to that mother who just lost her son and be like, you know what? It is okay. I can't bring your son back, but I'm going to give you a platform to share your pain and share this yeah. and share that. And I think that that's been the best part about it over. I think when I look back at my first job, I'm not really going to remember the big moments. I'm going to remember all of the people that I was able to help. I think even after those hard days, you know, during the pandemic and during this, during that, getting that text message from a lady that I interviewed or a man that I interviewed saying, thank you so much for just listening to me will be the most rewarding part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, I would love to kind of like end the piece about your career with like what advice would you give um to like any young professional who has like a dream or a vision for themselves but um others deem it as like unattainable I would say kind of ignore the haters 
You know what I'm saying? Like, especially <laughs> now, now, now at this point, you know, everyone's like, oh, she can't do that or she can't do that. And us as black women, I mean, you know, just talk to your moms, talk to your grandmothers. How many times have they told us that something is not possible? You know what I'm saying? And, and we still, at the end of the day, we muster up the courage and we say, you know what? We're going to figure it out. We're going to handle it. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. If you want something, and I also just think, you know, I was talking to my friend the, the other day, I think something about me is that I don't know if my parents just believed in me way too much, if I'm really that naive or what, but I genuinely believe in my heart, in my soul, that I am capable of doing anything that I set my mind to. And and I know that's crazy because we heard that we were five years old and your parents were like, no, you can do it. You know, it's okay. You can do it. But here at 23 years old, I, I believe that. I believe that if I wanted to be an OBGYN, I could be an OBGYN, not because I think that it's so easy, but because I know that I will put one foot in front of the other every single day. I will put my big girl panties on. I would study my butt off because being doing what I do is, is not easy. Doing what they do is not easy. But I know that I am able to do the work. I want to do the work to yeah. get there. <laughs> so anyone that wants to, you know, move up in their career and do that, it's it's going to be hard. Like nothing about my life has been a walk in the park. I mean, it, it just, it is what it is. Nothing has been a walk in the park, but you just got, you just have to do it. Like Niall said, nothing huh? beats, I, I feel like you're hitting on a good point. Nothing beats hard work. Like nothing, like nothing in life just beats hard work. Like the harder you work, the more you'll see yourself succeeding. And like, I think a lot of people don't want to put in the work. Like you got to put in the work. And a saying that I say is like, I'm going to devote 10,000 hours like to get what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, it's, it's not something that you can just decide when and how you want to do it. It's like every single day you have to wake up with that mindset. And even when you get you off track, like being able to readjust and be like, okay, the next day is going to be better. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like exactly that mindset of being able to adjust, like not getting so caught up on like little things, like is a really big, important thing. I think I've learned across my journey as well. And I'm sure you can speak to that. Just being solution-based is like the best thing you could ever be in life. It's like, quit all the whining. What's the solution? Like, and I like, I'm, I like try to like live by that because you can get caught up in this whole downward spiral. Like, what was me? Da, da, da. And I think one of the things that you had at an earlier age than other, or other peers were like, you were very solution based, like just like I'm going to get it done. Yeah, like I'm going to get it done, and it might not be pretty, but I'm going to get it done. So. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people, like how you said, it might not be pretty. They look at the Good Morning America. They look at me holding that microphone, um, you know, today. And they really just don't realize, like, I didn't want to be the prompter girl at Channel 2. Like, me doing a teleprompter? Like, what does that even mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't want to be writing this for the people and be the writer and do all this. But I needed a way to get my foot in the door. Yeah. So, so so I think that's the most important part is just like figuring it out. Like, okay, it may not be the best right now, but okay, I'm going to just do this or I'm going to just do this and I'm going to just do this and God's going to work it out. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's shift to like, what do you, how do you practice like self-care with having such a demanding job? Like, what do you do for fun to just really like unload and just get like recentered with yourself since you are in such a field where you're always kind of in other people's lives. You know what I'm saying? You're like kind of diving 
into other people's stories and their, you know, journey. So how do you, what do you do to like self-care for fun? Like, how does that look for you? I got a dog. Like my dog is a, is a <laughs> my dog is a quarantine dog. You know, like like so random. But I have a little Yorkie, and his name is Tiger. And my boyfriend and I share the dog, and we we got him because it was just at such a sad point. You know, the stay at home order and all this other type of stuff that we needed some type of happiness. And my parents were like, "Why you don't need a dog? All that's going on right now, a dog is like another responsibility." But it's the best thing that I could have ever done because it's kind of hard to de-stress when you work crazy hours and all you want to do is sleep. So I just sleep, work, work, sleep, all this other type of stuff, and having the dog mood. <laughs> Yeah, brings brings a lot of happiness. And then even on my off days, everyone's like, let's go hang out. Let's go do this. And they really don't understand. Like on my off days, the only thing I want to do is sit here and watch TV. That's it. <laughs> Me that's what I'm saying. I don't want to go out to eat. My mom's like, oh, come home. Come to. No, why? I don't want to sit in the car and drive home. I just want to sit here. That's all I want. That is yeah. how I do stress to so just leave me alone. I keep my phone on silence. <laughs> Can you, remember, you remember in New York on Sundays, we would just lay in our bed and watch television. Yes. Like, oh, like we wouldn't even speak to each other. We'd just be like, like literally laptop up and just like watching our favorite TV shows. So that's why I'm laughing so hard because like, <laughs> you, I know that to be know. true. Yes. Everyone's always like, oh, you're such a, um, what is it called? when? Uh, like a her- yeah. Like a, something. You're such a hermit. You're such a this, you're such a this. And, but like, le- let me be like, I am so content. I don't bother we anybody. Always like- talk about this setting boundaries. You have to, Yes, like, you have to for your own mental stability. Yeah. So you mentioned that you and your boyfriend got a dog together. How is it like being in a relationship and working such a demanding job? And just like, how do you find that balance? You know, I think what's, what's great about it is my, like I call him at all points of the day. So in between (laughs) an interview, when I'm, when I, when I get to work and I go in the bathroom, because, you know, sometimes you just need like, oh my God, you will not believe what just happened to me. You know, he is definitely my stress reliever. And I think that that's how I keep it. Like sometimes people are like, oh no, you know, like I'm just so busy during the day. I don't talk to my significant other until my day is over. And I'm like, I don't know how y'all do that. Cause when my day is over, I don't want to talk to anybody. So the way I do it is by the time literally on my way to work, in the middle of work, five minutes after I get there. And it's not even like a full-on conversation. It's just like, oh, I, this day is just not for me today. You know, like just yeah. having someone, because even though, you know, I try to remain positive, it's hard. Like, I'm not about to sit up here in front with y'all. Like, I'm just, oh, miss positive. No, not at all. It's just that you, you need people in your corner to be like, this is not forever. It'll be okay. And and that is what I think JB is. He is definitely the yin to my yang. Dang. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I have to say that I think you guys are like a really good balance because he's so patient. You know what I'm saying? So in your like really like high strung moments, you know, mm-hmm. I think he's able to like kind of calm you down. And I think like that's really important in a relationship is like yeah. having someone that can kind of like balance out your highs and your lows, you know? So like he is the perfect person to deal with you complaining about work all day to him. Like, you know, absolutely. <laughs> and like, and that's the thing. Cause a lot of people are like, when they see me and JB together, cause you know, my personality is like, ah, you know, and he's just kind of like very mellow and chill. And they're like, how does that work? But it works. Cause we can't have two, two Oz together, you know, like it, 
some person. And when he has this moment, I balance him out. Like, you know, like he just started a food blog called Everyday Eats on Instagram. And he was very nervous about that. But I'm like, hey, whatever you want to do, I am here to support you. If I have to share a picture of a burger every single day, I will do it because this is what you want to do. And I think that's what makes us work is that we are constantly supporting each other. I don't care if I I can tell JB that I want to be an astronaut tomorrow and he's going to be like, what can I do to help? And I think we (laughs) all need to find that type of person who is going to be there for you regardless of the situation yeah yeah, yeah. Like they're riding or dying like you know it mm-hmm. doesn't matter yeah. yeah no having a support system is like so important especially in like your career field it's so demanding all the time and I feel like some people may even be a little in, like, insecure about that or um feel a little left out so that's I'm so glad I'm so happy for you um and we really do appreciate you like taking the time to come on and talk to us about your career um and shout out to JB because he is a loyal listener (laughs) he goes to the gym he's like hey did you listen to Brittany and Now's podcast because did you know that they blah 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 like what I tell you he loves this show like loves it and y'all are doing such a great job uplifting women not just women but anyone you know in their 20s their 30s whatever just dealing with things and I think that they need this and y'all starting this has been such a motivation for me and for other people and I am just so proud of y'all because y'all are also go-getters and you know whatever y'all want to do y'all are doing it so I am very very proud Yes, well, yeah, thank you so much for being you. on the show. We love you so much. And um, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of Chance of the Podcast.